You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. Attracting our dream clients, it's what we all want for our businesses, and content marketing is a major way to do that. I love talking about content marketing, and for SEO, it's the way you have to go to draw people in. My guests today are expert SEO and content marketers, Lindsay Cambridge and Martin Huntback of Jammy Digital, an award-winning SEO and content marketing agency for businesses that aren't afraid to stand out. They are also co-authors of the best-selling book, Content Fortress, a simple content marketing strategy that helps you attract customers you'll love to do business with. All right, we dive right in addressing how you can attract your ideal clients and stop wasting time. Like that's the million dollar question, right? Think of any question you have ever been asked by a client or prospective client. You are being asked this because you're not answering these questions in the content you create, be it your website, social media, or any other content avenue that you use. So the idea is to create the asset and put up the content. And you can use this content to answer future questions that come in. Lindsay and Martin have broken it down to eight types of content that you should be creating to draw in better clients, higher paying clients, and the ones you want to work with. This may be controversial in some ways, but they work. You know, we go through a few of the eight on today's episode. So we start with talking about repelling content. So this one sounds like a negative, but it proves to people that you don't just serve anyone and everyone. Then we move on to attracting content. This is creating the content that says, you wanna work with this type of customer specifically. And this is also important for businesses that are transitioning, or if you're adding and offering new services, really lean into it. Next up is culture content. And this is the content that outlines who you are and what you stand for, because it's more about this than demographics. And this is where your story can come in. And we also talk about a few more of the content types that you should be creating as well. One in particular that was uncomfortable for Lindsay and Martin when they started on their content journey, being British and quite reserved. You know, there's so much to get out of how to approach the content you have and what you should be including and why in today's episode. The long game is building a content fortress with Lindsay Cambridge and Martin Huntback. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Long Game Podcast. And today we are talking about attracting our dream clients. It's what we all want for our businesses. And we're here with my guests, Martin Humpback and Lindsay Cambridge of Jammy Digital, which is an award-winning SEO and content marketing agency for business owners that aren't afraid to stand out. And they've also published a best-selling book, Content Fortress, which highlights 
eight different types of content that entrepreneurs should be creating to position themselves as go-to leaders of their industry. Welcome, Martin and Lindsay. Thanks so much. Yeah. No, really excited. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, I love talking about content marketing. And, you know, for SEO, it's really the way you have to go to draw people in. So let's start with the basis, basics here. You know, when we talk about content marketing and in your framing of things, does this only have to be blog, long-form blog content, or can it be audio and can it be video? And then how long does it need to be for the strategies that we're going to talk about in the types of content to create? How long in terms of length does it have to be? Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily have to be in written blog content, for instance. That's just what we use because we're a massive fan of SEO and we understand the value in producing lots of valuable uh, blog content. Um, but when we started to do that, we started to get a lot of traffic, which was great, but we started to get a lot of leads that weren't necessarily the right fit. So it just so happened that we use blogging as a means to generate traffic and leads. And then, so it was a continuation for us to actually use that content to attract more ideal clients and prevent clients from working with those who weren't necessarily the right fit. But in the book, we also suggest other ways and other people use content in order to, you know, social media, for instance, some people use video content and even podcasts, for instance. Yeah, definitely. But like Martin said, it doesn't have to be blog content um, that gets you traffic. It can be things like, you know, video content. For example, many people search on YouTube. YouTube is a search engine. TikTok is a search engine. I actually searched for something for the first time, like a product on TikTok the other week. And I thought, oh, that's really strange. I've not gone to Google first. I've gone to TikTok to search for something. So again, wow. video is a great way as well to actually gain traffic. It's not just all about the, when we think of SEO, it's not essentially, you know, just about Google and getting to the top of Google. There are many different types of search engines and many different types of content that can help you get in front of people. And in answer to your question of how long it generally takes, it, it is one of those ones that it depends. Although we have found that the effort that you put in kind of now into your marketing of your business and producing content will pay dividends in, in three months, usually. Right. So you can kind of notice that benefit, you know, when if you were starting now, you'd notice it, say, October time, you'd notice that benefit coming through where you're starting to get more traffic, you're starting to get noticed if you do it kind of consistently for three months. I think that's, it's not an exact science, but I, that's something that we found <laughs> from a lot of our clients, definitely. And do you find that like short form? Because usually when you think of blog posts, you think of long form 1500 words, you know, a in-depth article covering all aspects of everything, right? Can it work for short form as well? Like it was something just a couple of paragraphs long? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the common questions that people ask on sales calls, you know, a lot of the time when we are coming from a place of, well, the old way, which was get on a sales call with us, and then we'll give you the answers to the questions. A lot of businesses still do this. Actually, if you were to think about how you can attract your ideal clients and prevent wasting time, which is what our book's all about, then yes, there is lots of room for short form video content. Awesome. Think about any question you've ever asked, ever been asked. Um, there's just so many questions that come up on sales calls and conversations that happen 
because you're not answering the question through your content. And it comes right. from a place of educating people, but also protecting yourself. Why would I want to answer the same questions over and over and over again on, on sales calls when I can just create the asset as a short form video, put maybe on Instagram or TikTok or even on YouTube and actually just put it out in the world. And then the next time someone asks a question, great, I've got a piece of content to answer that, whether it's short form or long form. Some people will want in-depth answers and some people will just want a quick a quick 30-second answer. And that's what's great about short-form video. Yeah, I agree. And I love that you brought up the concept, and you do talk about this, the concept of protecting yourself in that. I mean, there are so many things, just even your sanity, like, oh, I'm tired of answering the same old questions, right? Like, it makes it more effective when you actually have a sales call to have some of the questions answered already or to have resources to be able to point people towards. So I love that you brought that up. All right. So your philosophy is really there are eight key types of content that you should be creating for your marketing to really draw in better clients, higher paying clients, and and really those dream clients that you want to work with. So you know, why don't we go over a few of these and talk about what their role is in your overall marketing and how they drop people in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and let's just start, let's say, with repelling content, because it is the most interesting. <laughs> That's we want to create content that repels people. <laughs> <laughs> That's everyone's favorite, I think, isn't it? it really repelling is. content. So yes, repelling content is exactly how it sounds. Um, it's about repelling people who aren't the right fit for your business. So for example, let's say you're a web designer and you have kind of a three-month process to create someone their dream website and you charge, let's say, £10,000. You know, your dream client isn't going to be someone that wants a website in a week with a budget of 50 bucks or something like that. You know, it's going to be someone, someone different from that. Um, so you can create content that essentially prevents those people from getting in touch with you in the first place and wasting your time and wasting their time as well because remember you know it's it's them you know that's uh that's going to waste their time if they're not the right fit for you so this kind of content is really really helpful for doing that but what it also does is it it proves to people that you don't just serve anyone and everyone that you actually have a particular type of person that you really want to work with and once that person understands that, that you don't work with everyone, that's a really good way of showing that you are selective and that you are just for them. So even though it's called repelling content, it's actually a really good sales tool as well. Definitely. And I love that concept because it is time saving and it does, it's like the automatic filter that happens. Like people read it. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes even on sales pages, I'll see people say, apply to work with me. I'm like, oh, I just want an idea of what this is about, the price, all of that. Yes. Like, that's a filter for me. I'm not applying, right? You know, those type of things. So I love the idea of self-filtering before they even take that next step for you. Mm, all right. And so yeah, then the... Go ahead, Martin. It's really important, I think, for, yes, from a, an efficient business practice, but... A lot of self-employed people, a lot of small business owners genuinely struggle when they have to deal with a lot of inquiries that come in that they know it's going to take them a lot of time. They've got projects on the go. They've got things happening in their business, but you're getting an influx of inquiries, which on the face of it is a good thing, 
But actually, if you've got a lot to contend with and you know that most of them aren't going to be the right fit because, you know, you've experienced it before, it can have a big impact on your mental health. It can cause stress. People will be disappointed because you're not replying to them straight away. Like there's an awful lot that can happen if you don't create repelling content. So when we talk about repelling content, it comes from a place of, oh, that's exciting. That's new. That's different. That's, you know, a way to protect yourself. But actually the opposite is the norm and the, the opposite scares the life out of us, especially because we've, we've been through it and we've come through the other side. But myself, I we created this out of necessity. You know, we didn't want to have to fend off 10 clients and we'd only get two clients to sign up. We'd rather just speak to two or three clients and have two sign up and, and you know, we right. spend the time delivering. So it is a way for you to protect yourself and your mental health as well. Because, you know, there's not an awful lot of resources out there. We're just out there trying to build a business ourselves. And a lot of people don't speak about that kind of thing. Uh, and that kind of content can really help. And, you know, the opposite of repelling content would then be attracting content, which is, you know, yes. all of the things that we love to talk about. So let's dive <laughs> into how that can be effective and what business owners can do and really put into that to draw people in. Yeah. So attracting content is a really interesting one, actually, because I think a lot of people kind of aim and say, one day I would love to attract this client or this type of person. Or, you know, we speak to a lot of kind of freelancers that say, I'd love to work with corporate clients, but I don't think I'm ready yet. And it's about creating that kind of content that really draws a line in the sand and says, look, you know, I really want to work with you. So when we were web designers and we we ran a web design business for quite a while, we created a piece of content that says, why large businesses or corporate businesses should use freelance or small web designers to build their websites. And in that piece of content, we went through, you know, the problems they've had with bigger agencies and why it's good to actually use some some small independent people who genuinely really care about their website and they're going to get in contact with them and not some account manager that then disappears three months later. And it, and it speaks to all those problems. But really what we're doing is we're trying to attract our dream clients, you know, those bigger, large businesses or corporate businesses that perhaps wouldn't ordinarily look at us. Um, but because we're using our content to do that and to speak to them, it's showing them that actually, you know, we are a really good fit for you. So it's about thinking about how you can create content for people that perhaps haven't considered working with you before, that, but that you would love to work with. And so that's really a great point too. If you are transitioning into some other service or something, you know, don't be afraid to start putting that content out there, right? Like I yeah. now do this as well. You may be known for this, yeah. but you can transition. And one way to do that is through that attracting content, start writing about all mm. of those pieces and who you want to work with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that prevents as well. A lot of people really struggle with that when they want to transition. They think, do I have to do my whole entire website, my homepage, rewrite the copy and all those kind of things. But if you just create a bit of content, just speaking to those people, then that can be a really nice first step, I think, rather than changing everything and going all in, just kind of <laughs> gradually doing it. <laughs> yeah. And you really want to make a little bit of this. Yeah. yeah. And you really want to make a, a little bit of an event over it as well. We recently added an extra service to our agency and it was important that we created some content around it to make a little bit of a, a reveal. I think it's important because events and new information and, and novelty, that kind of thing, it's, it's interesting to people. People stop when there's something different. So 
lean into that. Don't just try to quietly launch a new product or service when you're going to miss out an opportunity to get eyeballs and attention. Build up your email list and actually just say, oh, we've got some new information coming out, some revealing, you know, we're going to reveal some interesting news. It's going to be interesting, like be here at this time. Like you can actually just make a little bit of an event out of it that can really, really draw in a crowd. And then anybody that, I mean, they literally happened to us when we announced our brand new service, a client who had just signed up with us for blog writing, literally signed up with us that very same week for that extra service, because it was like, you just hit the nail that I was looking for this anyway, but this is something that's just really been in top of mind that I needed. So he just went in and, and purchased that as well. So it's not even the people that that haven't bought from you yet that you're going to attract from launching new services mm-hmm. and using content to educate. It's clients, brand new clients that really just want to go all in with you and get a, a great result. That's really a good point because once they're in your world too, they're paying attention and they, uh, they're reading what you're sending out as mm-hmm. well. So it's another, I would say I'm doing air quotes, everyone, less salesy way to yeah. put it out there if that's you know something that you're concerned about. I want to tag on to, on this attracting content piece, I want to talk about the culture content piece as well, because to me, those two seem to go together, even though they might not be the next logical thought process, because Mm -hmm. like, I talk a lot about core values here and people being in touch with the core values of their business and the culture of their organization, their business. So do you recommend putting those two together or tying, are those two related in some way? Because that culture content, hey, I want to work with someone who has these values, right? Yeah, I think um, it's a really good point, actually. And I think attracting people with similar values to you is so important. And when we think about attracting clients, people go to kind of, you know, the demographics or like, you know, where they live or what job they do or how many children they have or those kind of things or what their favorite chocolate bar is, (laughs) all that useless information. (laughs) We found that our clients, you know, they can range in age from 20 to 70. They can be, you know, all around the world, have different family setups, but they all have very similar values to us. And they all kind of they all, you know, have a have a joke with us. They're all very informal and they all kind of appreciate that and we're all very relaxed. And that is something that they have in common. And so I do think it's really important to make sure that you create content that, yes, really sort of outlines who you are and what you stand for because you will attract similar people. And it's more about that than demographics, I think. So I 100% agree with you there. And do you think that there, is there any guidelines that you suggest or things that you've seen work in creating that, you know, one thing that comes to mind is that storytelling piece, like sharing your story and your, you know, would that count as a culture content? Like, I think when people start to hear this and start thinking of these ideas, they're like, well, what do I talk about in that segment? Or what, what constitutes culture content, right? Like, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that would look like to create that type of content? Yeah, I think it's a it's a really, really good question because I think it is really hard to pinpoint actually what it is and what <laughs> you should create. But certainly things like why you do what you do um, is something really important and to think about your story and what led you to do what you do and why you enjoy it so much. 
And I also, something that we did, which was really kind of random, but works incredibly well in terms of culture content is we created some research. So we we actually interviewed 500 um, business owners about their yeah. client relationships and the mental health in relation to their client relationships. That's because mental health and entrepreneurship is something that's really important to us. Um, it's something that we care deeply about and it's something that we want to improve for people. And we, we did this piece of research where we interviewed these people and that had absolutely nothing to do with what we sell. But it is a piece of research that's out there that really showcases what we care about. So it's thinking of ways, I think, of understanding what it is that you care about and how you can help improve that and how maybe content can help you kind of communicate that or raise awareness for it. So there's different ways around it, but I personally prefer kind of that latter kind of way of thinking, okay, so if I really care about this thing, how can I use my business to raise awareness around it? Hmm. Yeah, and it's really interesting how when we write content for clients, because we go through this every single day with clients, is we're constantly trying to get (laughs) stories from them in order to improve the quality of their content. Because those kind of things about research and about struggles that you've had in your business, like you forget. You know, you do genuinely forget until someone was sat there and say, what, give me something that happened. What's your earliest memory? And what's the strangest thing that a teacher ever said to you before that you can really start to stem ideas from? This is why I run the business that I do today. This is why I care about these things in my business. And you really can pull things from your past and your stories in order to help communicate your point. And I think that's the great thing about, you know, one of the main words we used in the book was communication. Everything about the pillars is about communicating effectively who you are and who you help. And one of the best Mm -hmm. tools for communication is story. So this is why it was important that we included it within the book, because the stories are the way to connect with people that may just be looking for an answer to a question. You know, what's the best WordPress plugin or what's the fastest way to lose weight if I'm for a wedding or whatever? But if you inject some story in there and some communication, that's the way to snap people out of that consumer mindset and start to become engaged with your business and your brand, especially there's so much information on the internet now and so many distractions. Story is the real cut through. And when you use story and communication alongside it within your content, you can really start to increase your leads, increase those connections you know, you have people emailing you saying, I absolutely love this piece of content. It really, it really was amazing. It inspired me to do this. And you start to get some incredible responses when you start to be a little bit more communication driven mm-hmm. and honest and mm-hmm. transparent within your content. And a bit and, more vulnerable as yeah, well. I think, I think it's hard to be vulnerable, especially mm. in business, but it does what we found is it does... Um, create that kind of connection that that like nothing else really um and yeah i think that that really really does does help and it builds relationships right like even if that relationship is one way because they're reading about you by the time they make a call they feel more comfortable with you they know a bit about you all of those type of things that really go to help in the sales process as well. Like you want to start building a relationship with your audience. So I agree a hundred percent. So right now we're earmarking culture content. So important (laughs) bringing in all of these pieces. So let's back it up to sales content then, because 
you know, we are in business, right? So how does sales content, you know, we've talked about repelling, you know, this is going to filter out people who aren't right for us. Attracting is bringing them in. The culture content is like based on our values and invoking story, which I think we're invoking story in all of these anyway, in terms of creating content in general. But like, so how does sales content really differ from what we've talked about so far? Yeah, a lot of the content that we see online, that you'll see online, is very, very helpful. And we're always trying to give value. We're all trying to just educate and be the most educational, helpful, entertaining people. This is what we all want and aspire to. That's why we like views and subscribers. But in reality, there are so many people out there that do need your products and services. And sometimes it can be tricky amongst that sea of value to actually find out what what somebody actually offers. Like, how can I physically give you, yes, I've been consuming your content. Yes, I'm a subscriber. Right. Yes, I've been following you for a while. Well, please give me some inclination without having to apply or book a call or, you know, have you phone me up. Give me some content about what you offer so that I can make a buying decision ah. easily. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it's about, really. It's about educating people on how they can pay you money and how you can deliver even more value. And we forget, we forget that people genuinely do like spending money. I love spending money, especially on online <laughs> <does>. courses <laughs> and services yeah. and coaches and consultants. I'm like, just give me more knowledge. I love it. But quite often, it's the last thing people do with their content. They think, well, I don't want to be salesy, like you said before. You're like, it's, right, right. But that's, that's what it's about. It's about coming from a place of help and guidance and helping people understand what services you offer in a nice, honest, transparent, unbiased way to say, these are the results that we've got before. This is how you can work with us. These are the common questions that we get asked about our products and services. If you can imagine like a helpful FAQ, but in, in the sort of platform of content, that might be five ways you can work with us as a video or as a blog or as a PDF checklist or as a document of some kind someone can download. There's plenty of different articles that you can create and different videos you can create about the services that you offer. And I just think sometimes we crave that content so much that when we eventually do have an audience, simply by publishing a single piece of content, you can get so many sales from it. We absolutely love it when someone's out there and they've got an audience and they come to us and they say, I'm just not getting any sales from your content. It's really easy. Just create the exact pieces of content we tell you to create in the book. You know, as an example, one of them would be everything you need to know about our content writing service or five reasons you would benefit from our content writing service. You know, just honest and transparent. We're not talking... Mm -hmm sales page how to skyrocket your rankings with our service it's not that that flamboyant kind of skyrocket and salesy kind of approach it's very much a helpful approach isn't it yeah definitely we actually had a good example of this from this week um from a client of ours and then um, they actually we published a piece of content for called uh, called why we're more expensive than others in their industry and they sent it out to their email list and they actually, <laughs> someone booked a meeting with them just from sending that out because they said, oh, I'm with you, one of your competitors, but I'm not happy and I can see why you're more expensive now. I understand. And they just booked a call and that's simply a piece of content that's all about them and why, you know, they go above and beyond everyone else and why they charge for it and it gets a sale. 
And it's a very simple thing to do. And, and once you start, you can really see the benefits, especially if you already have an existing audience in place, you know, that might be on the fence about working with you. This thing can give them a nice little, a little nudge in your mm, direction. It really can. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about being too salesy and people not wanting to come off as that, when you are creating a stable of content, it's not like you're always talking sales content, right? Like when you are creating these different styles of content and talking about different aspects of your business and your services or your products, it doesn't come off that way, right? Because you're not always pitching yourself and driving mm -hmm. that home. It's almost like after you, uh, not even it doesn't have to be the end piece, but it's part of the whole in terms of this so that people can understand mm. because they're looking at all of this stuff saying, yeah, I resonate with that. Oh, now I want to work mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's and it's the, about, um, oh, sorry, go. No, <laughs> it's about thinking about the entire sales process. You know, a lot of the times we, mm -hmm. we often say that, you know, when somebody buys from you, like everybody thinks about the content that they need in order to know your name, know who you are, know you offer some services and then the content really stops. It's all about getting the customer for a lot of businesses. When they're publishing content, it's all about attracting them, awareness content, and getting them to actually get in touch. And then the content stops. Where actually there's so many questions that come up after the sale. Wouldn't it be nice for everybody to be aware of those answers before they actually buy from you? So things to consider before working with you. What's the process? This, come, this is kind of stretching across some of the other pillars that we've got. But... There are just so many questions that come up for people later down the process that if you only focus on being the best person in regards to weight loss or speaking on stage or whatever, and you're just giving surface level tips and you're not actually educating people on questions that they need answering before they can buy and after they've purchased, you know, you're missing out on an entire world. And the reality is, is that most people, you know, 99% of websites on the internet don't talk about the difficult questions. They don't say why we're more expensive. They don't say mm -hmm. why you should invest. They don't talk about what makes them different. They only talk about the surface level tips, unfortunately, because they're looking at keyword research tools, which obviously we use, but they're just looking at high volume awareness kind of content that's very surface level. We just want the first page rankings and we just want the traffic and then everything else will come next, but it never actually does. And that's why we put a real emphasis when we create content for ourselves and clients, which is what's the entire journey from start to finish from awareness right through the buying cycle and beyond. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because it is the customer journey and the customer journey does not stop at purchase. And that's one of the things that I've created in my business. I have a framework called the Peak Framework and it's really about after that happens, right? After the mm -hmm. purchase, how you take care of people mm -hmm. so that they are acclimated, they're able to engage with your content right away. Like there are all these things and also that help you in your business to, you know, one of the things I always say is you have to have an answer to what's next. Even if that's just get on my email list and stay in touch with me while I figure out what's next, right? So mm -hmm. that's still part of the customer journey that you need to educate them on. So, you know, I love that because I think people get excited and stop at a certain point 
which they, f- they feel like, okay, I've got these people now and I'm going to let them roll with whatever. When really you've got to keep going all the way through the customer journey with content and connection. So I love Absolutely. that piece. So I just want to, um, before we go end on one more piece that I think is really, it ties into all of this and that's the opinion content. And this is, you know, sometimes can be controversial, right? Like this might end up being repelling content or attracting content. Like I see all of these different content pieces that could come into putting your opinion out there. And there's a number of ways to do that. There's political opinions, business opinions, how you, you know, your values are opinions totally, right? So. What do you mean by opinion content and how deep, how far, how loud should we be with it? Because I know one of your tenants of your brand is people who are ready to stand out, right? So you stand out by your own opinion. So I'd love to hear you talk about what are the levels here? (laughs) No, it's a really good question. And um, obviously being British as well, we're quite reserved. So originally when we... (laughs) Um, started, you know, being this way on on social media and in our content when we started sharing our opinions more, it was incredibly uncomfortable for me. I found it really difficult to begin with. But I would say it does have huge benefits in attracting people, yes, with very similar values and various kind of in agreement to what you're saying. So yes, you can have many different opinions about many different things. You obviously can have political opinions, which probably ties in more with kind of your culture and your values and what you believe in and attracting those very similar people. So that's really kind of clear to do. And and a lot of, you know, you can name a lot of big businesses that, that do that as well. So it can be really, really beneficial. We mainly had opinion content around kind of, you know, business views and things like that. So, for example, we released a piece of content that said why new business owners shouldn't invest thousands in a website. And this was basically our opinion Mm -hmm. that people who are brand new to business, you know, if they've got £10,000, maybe they've been made redundant, they've got the risk of redundancy money, don't invest in a website. (laughs) And we got some flack for that from other web designers mainly. Because, you know, they they didn't agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think you will find a lot of that happens. So if there's anything, you know, that annoys you about your industry, uh, you know, other people saying things that you don't agree with or you think are damaging or not the best thing for your customers or clients or potential customers or clients, that's a really, really good one for you to tackle because you're helping to better the industry and you're helping to better educate customers who might not be aware of the full truth. You see this a lot in say SEO. You know, there's all sorts of kind of dodgy things that we could we talk about all the time. And sometimes other SEOs get annoyed, but you have to remember that the other people in your industry aren't your customer, you know, mm-hmm. so it, they, sometimes they might get annoyed and that's okay. They might disagree, but you're serving your customer. And if you're giving them information that you feel is best for them, that it helps them, and um, then you can confidently stick by those opinions. I... Totally agree that there's a tactful way to put your opinion out there too about what's going on. But when you do take a stance on something, there are going to be those people who agree and, you know, you can cause a little controversy. But I think that's part of expressing our personalities, who we are, and that's what content really lets us do. Overall, it lets us 
express ourselves to our audience. And again, like you were saying earlier, people can resonate or not be repelled by you with what you have to say. So I think always the first step in this is start creating content, right? Like don't get hung up on what should I write, all of this type of stuff. Well, first step, buy the book, Content Fortress, right? Like read about it, think about what you guys should be creating, but don't be, you know, don't don't have it be an obstacle that I have to worry too much about what I'm putting out there because I always think content evolves as well. It does, yeah. yeah. You've got to start by publishing the easy stuff sometimes you've got to start by putting your message out there your tone of voice will get stronger and more authentic as you go as you create more content and um, I was always a really bad communicator in terms of growing up and things so when I started creating content it came from a place of just give people the right answer in as much depth as possible just explain things more simply just put it out and keep you know on that treadmill keep putting content out there that you know people are going to find valuable and then eventually it'll get to a point where you can say things that you genuinely believe in and you've got information and evidence to back it up because you're putting information out on the web and you start to pick up things that you don't agree with and you don't believe in. Other people start to say things for ulterior motives and you will naturally start to collect disagreements. And sometimes it's okay to share those disagreements. You know, there's plenty of things from the web design industry, like for instance, um, I'm sick of big agencies holding on to access to clients' websites so they can't update things. That that was a, a piece of content that spiraled out of that mm -hmm. being a problem in our world. There are so many problems and obstacles that come up that can create content. We don't want to become a a rant brand. You know, there's lots of people out yep. there just causing, just posting for the sake of engagement and virality. It's about sprinkling it in. Same with sales content we were saying. It's not about publishing all of your content that way. It is a case of using the eight pillars and sprinkling content across all of them so that you can really start to attract your ideal client. And it's just one of those things. If you literally tick all of those boxes over and over again and just continue to put out content, it will grow. Your fortress will continue to grow taller and you'll start to attract only the very, very best clients. And it is true. You know, when we attract clients now, they're already aware of who we are. They're already aware of how we work. They're already aware of how much we charge. It's all out there, which means that whenever we speak to someone on a sales call, it literally is guaranteed that it's going to be a good, good call. We're going to speak to them. <laughs> you know, they get to consume our content. We just don't speak to people who aren't ready to work with us anymore. It's just mm -hmm. become a much more enjoyable business. And, yeah. and we just get to speak to awesome people. It just works wonders. That's a really great point that in the end, that result for you and your business is increased sales, increased sales calls, you know, the effectiveness of your sales calls, because nobody likes to kind of, I mean, we've all had that experience of like, ah, oh, you're not the right fit. Okay. You know, how do you get yourself out of that situation once you realize it? So, and I love that when you're on a sales call and they've, you've done all this content and they've been able to consume it. You're really just reassuring them in like in live, basically saying like, okay, yep, mm -hmm. that's true. Or, you know, you're coming off as who you are. So they're getting that last nudge of insurance or reassurance and they're able to sign and go forward. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is the reason that it was quite funny after we'd been doing this for a few years, 
we decided to really, really test to see how effective our content was. And this was a big test because we completely stopped sales calls for a certain amount of time to see if our content was able to be 100% effective so that we were completely hands-off in the buying process. And it worked. So when we actually started to write content for clients, we had a buy now button on our website so that nobody had the option to book a call with us. If they wanted to work with us, they physically had to purchase a large retainer with us each month using a button on our website. And we use the content to do the education and the content to, to do the converting. And we left the button to do the selling for us. So you can really take this to incredible lengths without actually being involved in the buying process <laughs> until somebody's purchased. I mean, we were speaking to people on sales calls after they purchased from us because they were already so well educated and ready to buy that there was only one logical thing left to do and that was to click that button before they'd even spoke to us. So it really does work wonders. Wow, and you're super, I mean, that's super invested in your process at that point, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome, and you know, I just wanna remind everyone that this is a process, right? Like number one, you know, we're gonna have a link to your website in the show notes. So if you want help writing that content, right, you don't have to do it yourself. You can bring on people like Martin and Lindsay to help move the needle for you. And that it is a process. So, you know, to get to a point like you just spoke about where you don't need a sales call if that's what you do, like that's not an overnight thing. That's tweaking, that's time, that's exactly. investment in the process as well. So keep it in mind that it's a long game when it comes to content. So you've got to give it that time and energy and also bring on experts because that's going to help move your needle forward faster. Well, Absolutely. I Definitely. want to thank you both for being here. I love when there is a way to take something that we struggle with and almost compartmentalize it down so that we can understand it better. So we'll have links to Content Fortress and also uh, Jammy Digital. You can find them all in the show notes. So thank you again for being here. And everyone, we will see you next week. Thank you Thanks so much. So much. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.